Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. This is our review of Black Phone. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Straight into it then for this brand new horror film, at least as far, insofar as in Australia, because this gets released theatrically on July 21st here. However, in the North America, it's out to download now for rental oh. if you want to. So they've delayed, it's one of those phone, phones, films, where they've mm. delayed it a bit for release over here. And we were lucky enough to get along to an advanced screening with thanks to Universal Pictures. Thanks, Universal Pictures. And to Evie there. Thank you thanks, so much. Evie. Now, this one is directed by Scott Derrickson and has a screenplay by he and C. Robert Cargill, and it's based on a short story by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. Oh, is that so? By the same title, The Black Phone. Yeah. And this is the combination of filmmaker and writer who did Sinister, which is a film you won't have seen, Wayne, but was very excellent from about 2012, 2000. I hear this from people like yourself. 13. It's 103 minutes long. 16 to $18 million budget. The Blumhouse picture I should have added. And it has so far taken $106 million around the world. So it's a massive hit Huge for, success. once again, for Blumhouse in terms of his low-budget style filmmaking and turning a profit. But this one, to be fair, is better than the typical Blumhouse crappy horror film, I think. Oh, yeah. But we'll hear what Wayne has to say in short order after he tells us what the plot is. Sure. This film, folks, is set in the 70s and it follows Finney Shaw, this shy but clever 13-year-old boy. He gets bullied by kids around school and then he gets abducted by a sadistic mass killer known as the Grabber. Now, the Grabber has been abducting kids around the neighborhood and nobody knows who he is. So he holds Finley in a soundproof basement. The kid is terrified. He's alone and screaming for help doesn't do shit because it's all soundproof. And there's a disconnected phone on the wall which starts to ring. And when he picks it up, he soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murderer's previous child victims. Mm. And they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finn. No pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I see. There you are. <laughs> Right, throwing away completely. I should have added Ethan Hawke plays the grabber, and then we got a whole bunch of no-name actors because they're all child actors. Oh, except for of course Jeremy Davies plays their father. You might remember from Lost, mm. but uh, Mason Thames and Madeline McGraw play uh, Finney and his sister Gwen. Yeah. All right, Wayne. Uh, the box office return. Oh, sorry, box office. The critical response, I should say. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes says this is eighty-three percent positive, based on two hundred and twenty-three critics with an average score of seven out of ten. And Metacritic has it as sixty-five out of hundred, based on thirty-seven critics, with audiences polled by CinemaScore giving it a B plus on the A plus to F scale. Hmm. What did you think, though, Wayne? That's the most important thing. What people are here to. Because we know you love horror films. <laughs> what did you yes. think of The Black Phone? I hate horror films, but uh, I did not hate this one, Paul. Oh, that's good. This is actually pretty good. Now, I suspect a horror aficionado like yourself yeah. would consider this not at all scary. Uh, 100%. It's not scary. Okay. So it's a thriller that, rather that's than... That's a big knock right off the bat. Not bearing the lead at all. This, this is meant to be a horror film. Yes, the themes are very disturbing and very dark and there's meant to be some creepy moments. Uh, I just didn't think this film was frightening at all. Out of interest, what is the difference between a horror and a thriller in this context? Well, I think a horror is meant to be more gore? disturbing. It can be gore, but also playing with even more darker or more horrendous things. So like it, a thriller might be something along the lines of, say, I think Seven's a film which really straddles that divide most clearly. Because it's me, a procedural that's... cop thriller. Yeah. But it has some really dark, disturbing moments. Had they overplayed those dark, disturbing moments more and really not glorified. Into horror. But yeah, it would have been more a horror film. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, so, so, so to me, Seven is nothing but a thriller, but a dark thriller. Yeah. So this is probably much the same, though not as good as Seven. And then you get to 8mm. Like, that, where's, where's see, that's, that fall? Uh, yeah, that's the sort darkest movie ever almost. And it probably doesn't... Cause I think once you get supernatural elements in or yeah, that, really reveling in the gore, then it's more the horror side of things. And okay. there are supernatural elements here. 
So I think it comfortably sits in the horror genre, but I don't think it's that particularly horrific. Now, slasher films are horror? Yep. So Halloween's a horror? Yes, 100%. Despite being not supposedly to do with the supernatural. Or does yeah, it? At least not initially. Yeah. Are you talking the, the remake? The original. Or the, the original? Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, Either way, yeah. Slasher films where it's just someone walking through and, and mass murdering people and, and glorifying in it. Horror okay. film. Okay. Well, to a, to a layperson like myself, this is, this. I would have called this a horror thriller. Yep, um, that's fine. I think that's an accurate assessment. Now, what I think about it is that um, because perhaps it wasn't, as Paul says, the scariest thing ever. However, the the intrigue and the the suspense is quite palpable for me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Um, I, I didn't nice. overplay its hand so much. Like the director didn't like was quite reserved with his jump scary type thing, right? Which I like because I hate jump scares. The first third of the film is actually a total drama, just set up, just, just yep. like character development, which is like important. Yeah, it is because you want to care about this kid once it gets taken. Exactly. And there are some highly heavy dramatic moments within that first third, which actually do, although they're no fun to watch, they're actually, it plays a lot. Like it makes you care about the characters, makes you, makes you buy in. The little girl character, awesome. Yeah. Very fa- big fan of hers. The premise of the phone and everything. I think if you were talking about that like I just did, it might sound a bit cheesy, but I sus- I actually maintain that the execution of it is good. Like it actually is, it make, there are little touches in there, which we'll get into, that I think make it sound less cookie cutter and more, shall I say, quality than it might sound. So I think that there's really good tension in this film. I ne- Again, I never would have seen it on my own. No, fair enough. But um, as it goes, I think the horror people among you, like Paul, will go, this isn't bad. People like me who didn't expect to see it and were somehow forced to will go, that was better than I expected. <laughs> somehow forced to. <laughs> I think that would be better than expected. So for, for what it is, again, when a horror doesn't piss me off, I'm always more the impressed. Bonus, right. Yeah, so I'm really going to be kinder to it than you will. So yes, I, I liked, uh, liked is a strong word. It was a good movie. <laughs> it was a well-made good movie. I think the fact that it was set in the 70s does help it along. Yeah. Because you're a little bit distanced from it, but it becomes like, I don't know. There's there's some veil over it. There's some there's some mood over it, which makes it not like uh, if it's modern day, you're looking for more things from it. For example, there are no such things as corded phones anymore. And mobile and mobile phones. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, all this sort of yeah. shit. So you've got that going on. So yeah, good. All good. right. Well, I'm pleased that you you didn't hate your time you with think? the film. I liked it overall. I don't think it was that wonderful as a horror film, and I think it trades some of that like oh my god that really frightened me or scared me for oh i care about this character which is it is what it is yep it had very few moments of gore in in the film or overt violence but those that are are quite impactful absolutely i can put it that way and i like the characters i think the acting here is very good and it's not often you get two good child performances and i think we do in this film oh yeah it's a good point my and ethan hawke is good it, as the the tit, well not the titular character as the bad yeah. guy in the film, mm-hmm. he's helped by this really creepy mask. That's probably the scariest part of the whole film. I if you want to put agree. it that way, I think that's one of the elements that made it work. And it's directed by, uh, made by Tom Savini, who is a maestro in terms of horror film gore and practical effects. Oh right, yeah. He along with people like Rob Rob Bottin are sort of renowned. Greg Nicotero, renowned through the horror community, so he's still plying his wares in this particular way. Probably the best thing about the film is. Arguably a spoiler, so I'm gonna hold it there to say worth your time. If you're a horror film fan, I'll represent those of you out there who are absolutely go and see this one if you haven't already. If you're in the states, you've probably seen it or you have rented it already. If you're here in Australia, get out to the cinema and support this one because these kinds of original horror films, or original films in general, we need to really promote and and support. I think rather than just the straightforward, boring summer 
blockbuster Marvel shit over and over again. So mm. There's a good place for those. I like those films, but I just would like a bit of uh, variation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Good point. Um, I think you're right. The Well, I mean, the, the, the concern you feel for this kid and subsequently his victims, his previous victims and so on, is there's a sadness to it. But there's something cool about the fact that these kids are trying to help him from beyond the grave. Yep. And there's something... That's actually even in the trailer where you see like what that you know that's depicted. It, it's like oh, that makes that's the interesting part of the film for me. Sure. If it wasn't for that, it would just be like a straight. I don't know how's the kid gonna get out of here thing. Yeah, it's so right. I mean, there are those films that are out there as well. Okay, well look, let's save anything further for the other side of spoilers, so we don't ruin it for you. Get out and see the black phone. That's what we're basically saying. Bottom line, and otherwise, let's get into it after what Jack has to say. You can't handle the truth. And the truth is that uh, Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill have hit again. Probably not as hard as Sinister, which I maintain is one of the best modern-day horror films. I really enjoyed that one. It goes further in terms of the gore and the disturbing themes. Mm-hmm. And it does run with some of the same aesthetics. So you mentioned the 70s where they there's a very effective opening sequence where it's sort of showing some clippings and whatever else and, and establishing the 70s. Yeah, yeah. This sort of sepia, brownie That's it. film stock that they're using. The colour temperature of it gives you, yeah. Yeah, super 8mm styles, which is, again, pre- prevalent in Sinister. So they're kind of bringing some of the same tricks. That's Scott it. Derrickson, of course, being the guy who directed Doctor Strange, the first, the first one. one. Yep. And then dropped out of the second one due to creative differences and made this film instead. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And they got Sam Raimi in. I see. Yep. They did. Sam Raimi was his, his substitute. The big thing about this film for me, as I said, other than the fact that there are scares involved, is that the performances really do draw you in. And I think Ethan Hawke does a lot with a little... Ethan Hawke, the best thing about Ethan Hawke is that mask, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. So so the mask is is a devil mask and it has an interchangeable bottom bit to make the mask smile or frown. Mm-hmm. And he obviously changes it depending on what... His char- mood. Mood, player, character, whatever, you know? And for Ethan Hawke, this is actually something... The last movie I saw him in was called Zeros and Ones and it might be the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen, right? So he does his thing, right? I've seen it, but I do remember you talking about God, it. God, don't Able watch it. Error, it's right? so worst. Yeah. It's so sh- sh- shit. But he, for, for him... To essentially cover his face most of the time in this movie with this mask is speaks quite highly of his integrity as an actor. He's just doing the best thing for the film as opposed to show my face. He's gone on record as saying he'd never played an outright villain before. I know he's just been in Moon Knight playing a sort of villain there, but maybe someone in that film who's who's convinced of his own reasoning for, for doing point. so. Then he said, look, I've hit 50 now and it's time to add another string to my bow. So I'm prepared to do this kind of role perhaps more in the future. I think he does really well with it because you are... I am convinced that he's fucked up, especially like when they cut to him sitting in the chair, sort of naked, and he's got the the front. Oh, he's face. got pants on, but yeah, yeah. But it's like it, it makes it more unsettling that he's somewhat naked and he's about to kill his kid, waiting for the kid to go up the well, stairs. Well, no, he's going to thrash him because that's the naughty boy stage of the game. He's not going to kill him at that ah, point, right. but it will allow him to move to the next level of the game, which they warn him against. And Finney eventually hears and and pays attention to. On that particular note, yeah, though, yeah. This whole stuff we're talking about all internal. It's it's Finney in the basement and the grabber upstairs. Yep. All that's cool. And you mentioned the first half an hour really is setting up the characters and we do get a good sense of him and his sister's relationship who are being brought up by an abusive father. Yes. And that gives you even more reason to care about these kids because they're being beaten by a monster at home. That was the most disturbing thing more than any of the other shit. I was sitting uh-huh. there going, oh, like this, and it was and it's tough. And I, that, well, there's a scene where the dad thrashes the little girl. It's With so, so hard. And like, because Jeremy Davies, I actually really like that actor. He, Like you said, he's been in Lost, but he's been in like Justified. He's on TV a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But I just really like his acting. And he's such, like, you hate him in this film, you know? 
But the odd thing is by the end... I don't think the film does well enough to redeem him at no, all. No, he's not redeemed, but he's repentant at the very least. But I didn't buy it. And neither did the kids because there's a great moment at the end where they're hugging each other and they're kind of just cutting dad out. He's on his knees in front of them sort of bowing his Oh, head. he doesn't deserve any no, doesn't fucking... Deserve, doesn't and they do don't it. give it to him, but it's a strange kind of note like, really, has he learned anything from this? We're not convinced. Agree, agree. And I think the fact that he's an alcoholic yeah. is what's like... If he was thrashing them and sober... Even worse. Even worse, yeah. but he's still got this problem. Do you know what I mean? Well, we needed something along those lines, I think, to really sell it. Like he's, well, he's thing- renouncing alcohol and he'll never drink again. And we see some, even some after scene after that moment where he's dumping Smashing everything the in, the, in, the, in the bin. I don't know. Well, this is the other thing. He, the, there's a scene sort of halfway through where the girl who is, the reason she's being thrashed is because she has these dreams. Psychic powers. And he's being triggered because her mother had the same thing happen. And, and she killed herself. Killed herself. So he... Presumably, which is why he's drinking. And, right. Yep. And so the girl bravely then, when the, when the boy is missing, actually says to the dad, look, I'm sorry. I know you hate it when I have these dreams, but I gotta, what if they're real? And he actually then takes her driving around the neighborhood to look for aspects of her dream, which means on some level, true, he's accepting that let's let's make her happy or whatever, right? Um, doesn't excuse anything he did. No, but, no, no, I'm not trying to say it. it should. Yeah, not that I think the film needed to redeem him, but it was almost I don't know. Well, it's another. I feel, I, I'm still worried about these kids. Is what I'm saying. I'm absolutely worried about them. And the good one of the good things is that there's a there's a sort of. Um, I guess Hispanic kid that that sort of befriends him. No, they are friends. Clearly, he's been he, he has been him. helping him with his marks and his grades. Yes, and he pre- and in return, this guy's like, "You won't fucking." Kept- that was a great scene. We walked in the tour. That was really cool because he's actually a small kid, but he's tough and yep. he's like, "I want to fight," and oh, I want to fight, but I do fight if I have to, and yep. this is how you do it. And then that even became more when when he was one of the kids that gets abducted, and you find that he didn't succumb. I mean, what's a, what's even a tough kid going to do against a full grown man? Nothing, yep. but. That was good because then when that kid finally talks to him and says, literally, here is how you fight. Back to phone, dance forward, left back, whatever this. That doesn't necessarily how it goes, but that was really cool because it felt like you now he had, he had this friend. Those scenes were well shot in that we never see clearly the ghosts talking to them. They're in the background or their That's... hairs over their face and we never get a clear look at them. And, and the film makes a point of, these kids don't really remember who they are. They remember how they died. They don't remember, remember their name. General yeah. details about themselves. All they know is they want to help this kid. What I was interested in is, did the previous victims, did they get phone calls from everyone else? Or is it because he comes from a mother who had psychic powers? Does he Is he the only one who's ever got heard the phone ringing? I'll go with that one. I'll and then the grabber has also heard the phone ring before because there's a line of dialogue yes. in there as well. He so it too. Is, that, is he tapped? Because the film never explains why he's doing what he's doing. Why is he kidnapping these boys? Presumably doing terrible things to them and then murdering them. Yeah, it doesn't give you that at all. What is so? Which is arguably better because it's more disturbing to not. Yeah, you know. just know he's fucked up. Yeah. There's a reason we don't know what it is. That you mentioned that point where you you with the, when he answers the phone, he hears the crackly voice as though it was over an old phone. Mm-hmm. But in the background, he doesn't see the character, but you do as the yes. audience, which is an excellent. It's one of those excellent touches, I think, which is actually this is a good thing that makes it. Better if it was just on the phone, it wouldn't be as good. Yeah, right? well, it's a it's a visual medium film, so we need to see something as well. I think right, yeah. but it makes but I I I found it particularly well put together. Since we're talking about the grabber, now, like you said, you never know his motivations; you just know he's fucked up. And I noticed towards the end where he gets unmasked for a second, he's like, oh, he freaks out. He yep. freaks out. So obviously, the mask is his like that allows him to do all the horrible his things. He's doing, is, yeah. right? That is that was interesting to me. You're right, and he. I never thought about this, but yes, he's the only other person who hears the phone. So clearly, he has some kind of 
whatever. Potentially. There's some psychic thing yep. going on. And I think you're right. This is kid because he's got the gift, like his sister does. His sister has it more openly and manifestly. Yeah. And the police come to take her seriously, which is kind of interesting as well. Two things, though, about the script that do not work for me at all, which lower my grade. Go on. One is the brother character of the grabber. Like, yeah. Jane's Ransom, there's no place for him in this movie other than to have a violent kill because people like me are clamoring for that because everything else is off screen. I don't know. I actually think that, well, you're, you're right in that insofar as how it works out. However, I find that not only in horror films, but every film, there's a device, and I'm sure you writers have an actual name for it, but, <laughs> the, but like when it feels, it feels like there's always a moment where, oh, it's all going to be saved. It's all going to be great. Okay, good. We go, oh, he gets killed. You know what I mean? I never for one second thought that once he worked out what was going on, he was going to survive. In fact, once he introduced, there's only one obvious conclusion for his character. And it was very, to give you the false hope. And, and to have a kill. Right, because there is literally in this film you see until the very end, last five minutes of the movie, you don't see anyone die. Implied, or yeah, exactly. So they needed to hit that mark, and it it is a violent death. He gets the big sledgehammer axe thing in the the head. Well filmed, well put together. You get that sort of Braveheart jerk just before it hits his head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. But that character was dumb. Like he's there for. Literally one and a half other scenes before this moment. That character was like that, but I still probably. Like I liked the character because at least he was tr- he was like you know his crackpot trying to help he's out. Just, yeah, he's, he's cokehead and all that sort of stuff. So unfortunately, he can't be taken seriously. However, he was like, I gotta do this. And the idea that like because there's a scene in the film where he hangs up the phone and the camera pans down and you see the kid in the basement. You're like, oh my god, the kid is in the basement under this guy's actual house and he's the brother of the grabber. Holy shit, right? Turns out to be across the road. Turns out to be across the road, which is actually pretty good because there's another scene where the cops come in and they seem to find his basement, but they don't. All they find is the graves. Here's the other bit though. Yeah. If you took the sister storyline out of her having psychic powers, nothing changes at the end. Oh, uh, but the cops wouldn't have got to him in time. Oh, because the he cops actually didn't got need out. to. He killed them himself with thanks to the... And that's the short story. In the short story, which is about 28 pages long from vague memory, there's no sister. There's no other Oh, really? Part. It's just Finney in the basement with a ghost telling him what to do to survive. Dig this tunnel. Dig this dig thing. Why? Oh, you can dig your way. I didn't understand that. That wasn't very well explained either in the script. He's just digging down what turns out to be about as far as a, a, a man could fall down to you know to break an ankle or whatever underneath. That was dumb because I can't tell you. Here's how you escape. You dig under here. There was a device what? so that Ethan Hawke would fall in at the end. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah. but my point is, yeah, why would he keep digging? There's, I'm not getting out of here by digging straight down. That's yeah. fucking stupid. I know. I, did, I Actually, you're right. I was sitting there going, that's an odd thing. And it all right. works out together and each little part comes together to help enable him to win and kill the grabber. Sure. But it has to be a logical reason for what he's doing. It, it made sense for him to punch through the wall to get into the freezer, and then he couldn't get through the freezer. Okay, he got thwarted at the end. Yeah. But then but he got- why is he digging straight down? How come the grabber never noticed the fucking bars on the window pulled out? Good point. So there's just little things. If you scratch the surface of this movie and think about it too hard, it doesn't work all that well, and that's the reason why the end, it gets the score it gets. Is it a moody piece? Does it keep you involved? Do you want to see the kid live? Yes, yes, yes. So it's a good film, but it's not great. That's I didn't think about that, to be fair. Um, I was just happy that I wasn't hating it. Um, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right. I think that was like, so So you're saying that the, the, the brother character served a very specific purpose and shut down and you knew it, you saw it coming. Yes, for yeah. sure. And I, and it's superfluous, really, the, the sister part and all. Um, they needed to really make a difference. But at the same time, the whole purpose of this story is Finney growing from being a coward into being resilient and taking ownership of his own life. I would say, agree completely. 
the inclusion of the girl in the movie, I think you're you're, you're absolutely right. Raised of the Lost Art Syndrome didn't make a difference. <laughs> I, I actually found the movie more rich because she was in there. Yeah, like she's fun. Example, she's a know? fun character. She's 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 really strong. And she's she, strong. How about bullying in the seventies? How ridiculous is that shit, dude? That well, this is why because I was thinking of Stephen Denty and whoever the fuck Carla de Toro when they were fighting they in happened. high school in that the late eighties. Yeah, but no one was sitting on top of each other smashing them until their face was the bloody pulp. No, but what it was was um <laughs> to don't to dive back to our childhood for a second. I remember seeing. Someone actually grabs Stephen Denty, pull his sorry, this is a kid that we still got yeah. high school with, and everyone's like cheering him on, not cheering him on, but looking at him. Ian Lannery he grabbed him, grabbed his head, and just punched his face right. And he went ooh, and he kept on kept on walking. And everyone's like ooh, and I'm like shit, that stuff really happened. It wasn't to the stage. Not where to the point of this. Not where someone pulp. picks up a big rock and no, smashes someone off the back of the head. This is a movie. Someone kicks that girl in the face. That's the other thing. I wish oh, that was those harsh. those three bullies. Not nothing bad enough happened to them. No, either. they needed to actually get disfiguredly yeah. like. At fucked least in one the of head. them should have been taken and murdered. I think as well. Yeah, actually, that's a good point because that will give you that that whole moment. It's like, oh, and the then, killer and actually even, killed yeah, someone worthwhile. Maybe one of those other, instead of the angry, yeah, the punk rock dude, dude. Why couldn't we have one of those kids taken and then he is angry at him? Like, I'm going to help you, even though you're a fucking. I hate you. You know, type. That's thing. an interesting point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That so I think with some tweaking, better. this could have been a better movie. Mm. I mean, How really do you think about good. that? You remember writing a better film? Yeah, like you often do. Um, well, it's easy to do in retrospect, right? Hindsight yeah. being 2020. Ah, no, that's not bad at all. Yeah, you're right. Those motherfuckers all needed to go mm. down. And that's why when I see a modern day film and there's bullying just like that on that intensity, look, I'm not a kid in this age, day and age, and maybe there's some people have kids out there who are in the same, whatever. I just don't think that level of bullying goes on anymore. I hope it's not. A, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, like kids now are, are much more understanding. Like it's Well, it's, it's much more an accepted thing and, and parents and you know, If you're neurodivergent, more, if you're different, yes, if you're gay, if you're yeah. dis- it's all accepted now. It's yeah, not like yeah. before. When, you know, so, yeah, who knows? I hope so. Anyway, not to say bullying doesn't exist. We know it does. So it's just it how, it, how it happens. Yeah. It's more cyberbullying and shit like that now. Yeah. Exactly. It's been pretty, yeah, replaced with a different problem. All right. Well, look, that's pretty much all I've got to say about the black phone. Anything else from you, Wayne? Um... No, that's about it. I, I am pleasantly surprised. All right, let's see how pleasantly surprised. What are you scoring it? 66 out of 100. Yeah, higher than me. I'm giving it 61. Okay. So well done. Black Phone <laughs> moving into Wayne's top 10 horror films as covered on The Countdown in the last seven years. Oh, really? I'd ha- it'd have to be, wouldn't it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember you any of these things. can't handle the truth. I forget them immediately on purpose. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 61 for me, as I said, the reasons why the script doesn't quite hold together and I think there's a lot of sort of, when you develop a short story, you've got to add something in there because it's not going to give you 90 or in this case 100 minutes or so. So Yeah, quick head up to um, Brianna Petty who uh, hit me up during the week and said, hey, give me, get, like, I want to see this film a whole lot. What do you think? And I told her pretty much what I just told you. Okay. She's a good, I'm really looking forward to this. So I hope you enjoyed it, Brianna. Let us know what you thought, Brianna. Indeed, yes. everyone else let us know what you thought via our email address at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at the countdown. Down a PC, check out the draft of the website, which Wayne has improved. No, I still haven't got a right look at it. Don't worry the about countdown it. It's still, still a bit far. <laughs> <laughs> it's improving though. We're on, we're on the process. You know, it's only been a few months. We're getting there. There you go. Uh, and follow us on Podbean where we host. And, and tell a friend. It's time to tell a friend about the show. Get them involved and uh, maybe work out some kind of promotion about that in short order. Thank you so much again for joining us today. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. Suck my dick. The correct response when you know there is someone grabbing young boys and they fall out of their magic band in front of you and drop shit on the floor, say that and walk right around them and keep going. That's right. That was really dumb. <laughs> really the way dumb. that he nabbed them yes. because of the, hey, look like, at this, You know what's fucking going on, Ben. Anyway, uh, that's that for us. Catch you next time. See ya. See ya.